There's been research that's shown that increasing the um, strength or the bulk of your intrinsics can improve your balance. And we've seen that not only with athletes, but also with older populations. On today's episode, we spoke about foot and calf strengthening for injury and performance. We went a little more specific and spoke about the things we're doing well and things we're not doing well in this space. Today's guest was Susan Mays. Now, she is a physiotherapist to the Australian Ballet. She's worked with elite level sports people, but we also covered how this type of work can help with general populations, your everyday weekend warrior, and the elderly. Susan gave us some great specific tips around training the foot and calf. I hope you enjoyed this episode. My name is Michael Risk, and this is Physio Explained. Susan, welcome, and thank you for taking the time today to talk to us about foot and calf strengthening. Thanks, Mick. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much. Now, we were talking about foot and calf strengthening and how it relates to injury and performance. Let's start with injury. So what's the importance of foot strengthening? Well, we would use foot strengthening for any lower limb injury, but I think it's really interesting um, how it can help some of our most common injuries, obviously any injury around the foot. The really common ones that we see are plantar fascia pain and uh, there's been some studies that have shown that um, people with pla- you know, plantar heel pain actually have smaller intrinsic muscles and we use exercises to strengthen intrinsics for that right from the very beginnings of symptom. Yeah. Stress fractures, another metatarsal stress fractures, another really common injury that uh, a lot of runners, athletes and our dancers get. We'd, we've actually pretty much eliminated them from our population now and I think a part of that is identifying that uh, foot cramping is a really potentially early sign. And I guess foot cramping is probably a sign that those intrinsic muscles aren't coping with the load and need to be strengthened. And since we've brought in some strengthening and education, load management, stress fracture in our population is now a very rare event. So I think it's a really important part of potentially preventing metatarsal stress fracture, but certainly treating them as well. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the most common injury is an ankle sprain. So it's really some interesting study is now coming out showing that people with chronic ankle instability have smaller intrinsic muscles. Mm-hmm. By strengthening them, you can actually improve balance in those with chronic ankle instability. So, you know, it's a really, and again, we've, really reduced the severity and number of our ankle sprains by addressing not only the intrinsics but also calf strength. And then another really common one that we particularly see in the younger athletes is medial tibial stress syndrome. Yeah. And um, I feel that this is often related to overactive long toe flexors. And once we get some good um, balance between those and the intrinsics, the symptoms can be really settled down very quickly. Wow. And for context, you work with a lot of athletes and Mm -hmm. a lot of performing arts. Where is this something you do with everyone off the bat and and where do you start? Yeah, so usually, um, you know, it's obviously with any foot and ankle or even lower limb injury, we'd have it in there, but we're actually doing it as preventive prevention as well. So um, the toe, like the other thing that I noticed, which is interesting is we see, I'm seeing a lot of toe deformities in these really young athletes. Mm. Um, You know, even though they get a really bad rap for how ugly their toes look, 
And that's usually because <laughs> of the, the calluses and there's a little bit of hallux valgus. Um, in the athletes, I'm actually seeing sort of hammer toes and lots of claw toeing really from a young age and getting these contractures, which has been fascinating to see. I think a part of it is because they love to wear their shoes super tight, mm. love that really snug feel. And that was something that we'd also noticed with our stress fractures of the metatarsal, that our dancers were wearing their shoes too tight and the yeah. foot just can't absorb those loads because they can't, you know, you just can't use your con- intrinsics if they're all cramped up in this kind of cavus position. So we got them to really make sure that their shoes, their foot can, you know, relax and contract in the shoe. Yeah. But I'm doing the same thing, having a look at the athlete's shoes and, um, you know, they, they, I think for because they lack that sort of stability through their ankle and foot and the strength, they just tie their shoes up and wear shoes that are way too tight. So I'll always get them to um, sort of do a knee to wall or a, we call it a plie position and their toe shouldn't hit the end of the shoe. Mm. So, and most of the time their toe is hitting the end even standing. So just a little bit of extra length and perhaps even a little bit of extra width so they can actually relax and contract their foot. Yeah. And, even, um, and also considering that, you know, they'll often put, especially if they've got foot problems um, like orthotics or extra padding in their shoes, well, then they have to consider the shoe needs to be a bit bigger to cope with all that. So I think um, the other issue around the toe deformities and some of the injuries like medial tibial stress syndrome is this overactive long toe flexor issue. And you can really, a good way to identify this is to get them to do a single leg heel raise endurance test. And by the end, if their gastroc is, is sort of got poor endurance, they'll start to lose their height. And if they try to push their height, they'll start to claw the toes. And so I think the toe clawing is a combination of um, poor endurance in the gastroc and also this um, weak, short toe flexors. So the small toe flexors are weak and you've got this overactivity of the long toe flexors. So another other injuries that I think that can lead to are uh, um, FHL synovitis, which is, we commonly see in the dancers, and we've been able to really reduce the rate of that by getting their gastroc um, stronger and got, you know, strength endurance was the key there, but also... Um, getting the intrinsic muscles, you know, stronger so that they can actually keep those toes long and propulsive when they're moving. And what does that, what does that look like? Obviously patient dependent, but, but what does good intrinsic strengthening look like to you whilst keeping in mind the overactivity? Yeah, so what, um, I guess the traditional kind of exercise that they used to do or, you know, is still done is the doming exercise. Mm -hmm. And I really query whether that's the most effective way to do it. And I guess um, I really started thinking about it because first of all, I was running courses and, you know, physios were coming to me saying, you know, I just can't get these patients to do these tiny little exercises. And I'd get really frustrated watching the dancers spend hours, which they don't have, staring at their foot and at virtually doing nothing. Yeah. Um, and then I started working at one of the football clubs and, like, there's no way you're going to get a footballer sitting there staring at his foot. And so the compliance for these exercises was appalling. Okay. So then, you know, like, how do we make this exercise, you know, really easy, quick, and load them up effectively? So we use, um, we sort of got rid of the doming, like we really rarely use that anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so we use just a TheraBand around. We start with the big toe and we wrap the TheraBand around the big toe and they just flex at the MTP joint. And so that'll show up. If they're really overactive in the FHL, flex halysis longus, you'll see the IP joint flex, whereas they've actually got to get the flexion around the MTP joint. So that's how you can sort of identify that overactivity. Yeah. Um, another like another a lot of research that's coming out is also showing that um, the intrinsics actually aren't that important in lifting up the longitudinal arch and stiffening the arch. And when people have actually strengthened their, done a strengthening program, it hasn't impacted arch stiffness. So it looks like from the research that the small in, these small muscles act to propel and, and flex those MTP joints. They're not there to really um, lift up that arch and provide some arch stiffness. So then it doesn't make sense to do a doming action, you know, if yeah. that's what we're trying to do. So that using the TheraBand through the full functional range, you know, is therefore, you know, what those muscles are actually doing. And another really fiddly exercise that drove people mad was trying to abduct the foot. Yeah. Because know that the abductor hallucis is a key muscle, you know, one of the key um, intrinsic muscles. And so everyone was standing trying to abduct the toe to strengthen it. And I mean, you just can't load it up. Even if you get, even if you're clever enough to actually abduct it, how do you load that thing up? So, but some research has actually shown that it is actually the most important toe flex, you know, hallux flexor. So it flexes. So, you know, you're basically getting good bang for your buck by just resist, getting some resistance via a TheraBand through MTP joint flexion. And then getting it through that range that you use it, you know, from when you're running, you really use that full dorsiflexion range of movement. And then um, when you're propelling and jumping, you actually go into some plantar flexion. So we start off in a neutral position like plantar grade and go, you know, go from full dorsiflexion to plantar grade. But then later on, add in sort of a full range of movement. So, but it's not just about the big toe. The um, Everyone ignores the fifth toe. And when I, you know, when they, when I stick them, the TheraBand around the fifth toe, they all have a bit of a laugh about that. But abductor digiti minimi is a chunky muscle. It's on the outside of the foot and it's actually just as big as the abductor halysis. And I think it's really important in getting that change of direction. So if you're weak on that lateral part of the foot, you're not going to, you know, really propel through that part of the foot. So you're either going to collapse and pat potentially sprain your ankle mm. or you're going to go to where you feel strongest, which is usually that, you know, um, medial, the first ray, which then, you know, you're loading up that first ray and you could potentially have issues such as sesamoid problems, first MTP joint problems, base of second stress fractures. So by strengthening up the outside of that foot, you can really take the weight through the whole foot and, um, you know, not have any areas of weakness. So we'll, even though putting the TheraBand around the fifth, it's more of a neuromuscular activity. So just once they get the connection, and we might just start with some isometrics, sort of pushing that toe down into the ground, they can actually get that activating activated, but it can take a few weeks. So I, but I'd always start with just the big toe. There's some athletes that, you know, just that's all they'll do. Like, so you've got to pick the person you're working with you know if you know they're just going to do one decent exercise then I'd go for the big toe but if you're really committed which most elite athletes are 
then you can, then I'd, you know, the second week I'd add in the fifth and then the third week I'd add in the second, third and fourth separately. And the only reason we do them separately, like we're not asking them to play the piano. Like we don't, I, I don't agree with all these sort of individual toe movements because that's never what we're really having to do. But by slinging, using the TheraBand as a bit of a sling, then you really know that you're actually strength, you know, activating and strengthening that muscle adequately. I love that you've got a bit of a pattern there for us. So week one, big toe, week two, little toe, and then second to fourth. Yeah. How does that progress for an athlete over, say, eight to 12 weeks? Do you just keep them going? Do you increase the dosage or the resistance? Yep. So, I mean, if they're really weak, we might just do an isometric because they mm. can control the movement. But we'll start with a, like I usually do about five seconds under tension. And when they're super weak, after five contractions, they're done. So we might do a couple of sets. But by the time they can actually get each of those toes going, that's quite time, you know, you've done. And the thing is, when, when you're doing the big toe, you keep the other toes on the ground. And when you're doing the, you know, each toe, all the other toes are staying, pressing into the ground. So you actually are strengthening all of them a little bit. Yeah. So by the third week, you're doing 10, like the goal would be to do 10 on each toe. So we just... And that is quite, that's as sort of as much time as you'd want to spend on your foot, basically, for, for the, this one exercise. And then you can increase um, the range of movement. You can increase the resistance by going up. I'd usually start on a red TheraBand and finish up on a, you know, usually blue. Some people do black, but blue is usually enough once you've got a bit of tension. And um, so now we've got uh, athletes doing it not only as a um, injury management thing but also as a pre-training so they might do like a set on each toe before they go out and do their training just to get those muscles really activated and primed and ready to go it's amazing because i know the population you're working with quite high level and there is a bit of simplicity in those exercises that i think any clinician could give to the general population so that that excites me and we're preventing stress fractures, plantar fasciitis, MTSS. What about performance? What are you seeing in the performance space with this? Well, it's interesting. There's some really um, great emerging evidence that it actually could improve an athlete's or person's performance. If you, um, the as I said, the intrinsics are um, really help to propel and flex the MTP joint. So we're seeing that with strengthening, you can actually improve your vertical propulsive impulse with running. You can, there's been um, research that showed that toe flexor strength is associated with change of direction agility. Mm. And certainly see that clinically, that that really can help that change of direction, which is a key, I think, a key reason that people get foot and ankle injuries when that's, um, you know, that's not going well or where they've really overloaded that change of direction. There's been research that's shown that increasing the um, strength or the bulk of your intrinsics can improve your balance. And we've seen that not only with athletes, but also with older populations. And then um, we know that increasing the speed of running can increase the activity of those intrinsics. So perhaps, you know, increasing the strength could actually have an impact on speed. And also we know when an athlete runs in on, with a four-foot run, they, the, there's an increase in activity of those intrinsics. So if you've got someone who naturally as they go faster, they go onto a four-foot running action, then perhaps, you know, strengthening up the intrinsics could be a good way to 
prevent injury from, you know, loading up that forefoot too much. This is wonderful because I, I am seeing a shift in general practice bias being a physio, of the, the bigger exercises, a lot of focus on the big stuff, the, the deadlift, mm-hmm. the squat, the single leg, and I, I'm just thinking performance, general population, the everyday soccer player, and elderly, the falls in the elderly, yes. we can start to look at something that's potentially so powerful. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and it's, you know, I always go with keep it simple. Mm. <laughs> do really complicate things a lot for people and then you just you know they're not going to do it if it's too complex so if you can just hone it into a really simple exercise that you know they're going to do I mean we've got apart from the TheraBand one then you know we do a lot of functional training as well we get them on the um, Pilates reformer with the jump board and do some I really love um, we've used for a long time a pulsing action so you get them up into sort of a mid-range and do a little pulse, which gets some great co-contraction through the calf and the intrinsics. And a, and a really important position that I think we're so used to doing in ballet is in external rotation. A lot of athletes strengthen in a very sagittal movement yeah. and don't off, often strengthen in a rotator position. And if you think about, you know, especially change of direction, they're getting into a lot of external rotation, but they've never really strengthened too much in that range. So we'll do a lot of um, on the jump board on a single leg, for example, doing some little pulses with the foot turned out. And there was a lot of giggling about that too when I brought that into the footy club. <laughs> they did look like a bit of a ballet movement. Yeah. But immediately they could feel this massive burn in their medial gastroc and the abductor hallucis and all those medial foot muscles. So it made sense to them why they should be doing this. So I think that's important for... You know, I mean, and just the general population, you know, the rotating, often it's a torsional activity that we can get injured in. Mm-hmm. So to get that sort of more transverse plane rotation strengthening into our programs. It's going back to basic principles of using the muscle, how we use it and in the position. Sue, you've given us so much more for our general pops, for not only our high performers, our elites, but also the elderly and some wonderful tips on specificity around foot strengthening and even the specifics around calf strengthening. So thank you so much for that and thank you for your time today. Great. Thank you very much.